Welcome back to another episode of the Next Level Minds podcast. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Chris Chapman and I am your host. And this is a podcast dedicated to those who want to reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Every other week, I'm blessed to sit down with a fully qualified guest, entrepreneur, content creator, or mover and shaker in their industry, and really walk through their story of how they've gotten from point A to point B and overcame various adversities along the way. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to reiterate my main goal, which is to impact over 1 million people, and that goal is a group effort. So if you have not done so already, please take the time to like this episode, subscribe to Next Level Minds, and share it with a family member, friend, or colleague who you think will get some value out of it and who you think could reach a next level in their business, personal, or career life. Now, on to today's guest. I am blessed to be sitting down with Kyle King. He is the founder of The Writer's Game, which is an award-winning publishing company that helps entrepreneurs, owners, CEOs really tell their story. He also is the founder of the Shine Institute, which is a uh, organization that helps underrepresented students in fields of engineering, science, technology. He's written seven books. And Kyle also is one of the most humble servant leaders that I've ever met. And along those lines, he also is the master of habits, routines, behaviors. And what's even cooler than that is he aligns all those habits, routines, and behaviors with things that he truly values. And Kyle's most important attribute that he mentions is that he is a man of God and he is a father. So all of y'all are in for a huge episode today. I've been wanting to sit down with Kyle for a while, so I'm excited. We are scheduled to talk. And other than that, as we like to say here at Next Level Minds, your mindset is your greatest weapon for the battle of success. Kyle, thanks so much for taking the time to hop on the Next Level Minds podcast. No, I really appreciate you having me, for sure. Yeah, man. So we met at Ryan's uh, mastermind group in February and literally like within five minutes of meeting you, I was like, man, I got to get this guy on the podcast. I'm glad we're doing it. <laughs> no, definitely. Definitely. I'm, um, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so first question I want to ask you, man. So Ryan uh, is a good friend of mine, right? So I was like, man, I got to listen to Ryan's podcast with Kyle on there before I have him on mine. And one thing that I, that really stuck out uh, many things actually, but one of the main things was, you know, you said five years ago, uh, you were sleeping in a friend's apartment, one year old, you were broke, negative bank account. I mean, and now you're looking at yourself, you got seven books, multiple successful businesses. You mentioned on Ryan's podcast, you built a custom home. So I would love if you could just kind of explain like real brief that five-year journey, because a lot of the listeners out there are either just starting out or they maybe kind of get into that inflection point of, hitting the plateau, but want to break through. So I would love if you could just kind of take it from there. Of course. Um, so before I get started, I want to just kind of tell a story. So Steve Harvey was given a speech one time and it talked about how um, there's these animals in specific zoos that, you know, he was talking about specifically these lions and he was talking about how they were pretty much saved from where they were and they, they grew up with humans. And 
the big question is, you know, then why are they still in the cage? Why is the cage still locked if they've been growing up with humans and they're essentially domesticated animals? You know, there's not really a threat to these animals. And then he came back and said, um, because there's still an instinct within lions innately that they want, they understand that there's more out there and they're still animalistic inside of them. And I love this analogy because how I, how I framed it is that oftentimes we're caged by situations. We're caged in relationships. We're caged in jobs that we know are not meaningful. We're caged in relationships that are keeping us and holding us back from our purpose. But we know deep down that there's more to our lives. So five years ago, when I was living, and it's so interesting that you bring this up because a few minutes before the podcast, I was going through some of my old pictures and just like, I was like getting emotional, like, wow, this is where I was and this is where I am. Um, five years ago, when I was living with a friend of mine, literally on an air mattress, um, I didn't have any money to buy a crib. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I felt like an, a, a dis disgrace. I felt unworthy to be a father. Mm. And I remember looking at my son um, at the time and I saw the picture again today. And I remember he was drawn on his canvas, just smiling and he didn't know any worry. And he was so grateful. And I said, I want when you understand your circumstance for you to really look around and you're happy. Mm. And I thought to myself, if I don't work hard, then I'm not going to be able to have a home to come to. But it's a different level of if I don't work hard, he's not going to have a different home. He's not going to have a home to come to. So for that five-year journey, the one question is, who am I supposed to be? Who is God calling me to be? Mm. And oftentimes when we're trying to become something new, we have to understand that it's, it's more than actions, it's more than behavior. There are certain levels of responsibilities and accountability that comes with every level of your life. And life is a yellow brick road. If you're in step one, you have to master the challenges, you have to master the trials and tribulations that you go through, and you have to understand those before you're qualified to move into step two. Mm. So for me at that time, I just continued to repeat the same lessons because I wasn't learning the lesson. I wasn't growing. I was maturing. I was reading books and not implementing. I was building relationships with the wrong people. I was spending time in the wrong places. So what I did in that five-year journey is the first thing that I did is start serving. I started community service. I worked um, at Queen City STEM School here in Charlotte, North Carolina. I went by the school and I said, hey, um, I want to be able to volunteer or serve your students. I don't want anything in return. What that allowed me to do is two things, build relationships and test my craft. Oftentimes we're trying to sell something before we're qualified to sell it. So I went in from a humble point of view. And by the end of the year, I was the director of marketing at that school, right? Just by serving and showcasing my value. Fast forward a year and a half later, I was the assistant principal at the school. You know, I was one of the deans at the school. Fast forward, I was able to open up two enrichment centers in the city of Charlotte that were generating roughly $40,000 a week and providing after-school programs, summer programs, and enrichment to specific students in homeschool, private school, public school, and charter schools. So from that, I understood that, okay, one step, if I understand the one step and master the one step, it's going to take me to the next step. If you treat the first relationship right, it's going to lead you to the next relationship. If you manage the first dollar that you get, it'll allow you to multiply the dollar. So every single step was service. It was creating the framework through understanding how to evolve as an expert. And what that looks like from a tactical position that, you know, with anybody listening, is you want to be able to understand what you're truly gifted at. Mm -hmm. Then you want to understand 
okay, how to desire or excuse me, how to design your genius. What I mean by that is what do I need to be learning so that I can be an expert in this? Because oftentimes we want to dibble and dab in a lot of different areas instead of going deep in one specific area. So I wanted to be the best possible educator that I could possibly be. I wanted to be able to transform people when I'm teaching them. So then once you have an expert, once you have your, your essentially your, your genius and your gift based upon what you do and what you're passionate about, then the third G is your grind. Mm-hmm. Now it's not necessarily about, okay, well, I need to do all of these different things because activity doesn't equal achievement. A lot of people are doing a lot of things not going anywhere. The biggest three things that I need you to do is number one, identify your priority, identify your purpose, and identify your person. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what are the priorities? What is the purpose? What is the why that we're doing it? Because if you keep the why in front of you, you'll remain motivated. And who is the person that can help you get to the next step? And that's all I did over and over and over again. And now, you know, we run a, a million dollar company. Um, it's, it's a completely different arena that I sit in now. Man, that, I mean, that could be the whole podcast right there. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, man, so I love the first thing that you did of just saying, listen, I'm not looking for anything in return. I'm just looking to be you know, of service. So would you say one of the, I guess, attributes that got you out of that was just having that humility side of things? Yes, definitely. Definitely. I think um, people often make the mistake and we live in an age where we feel like we are qualified before we have the results, right? Mm. We're selling things, we're starting businesses, we're asking for invoices, we're entitled, we're feeling like we're entitled to get into certain rooms before you've actually done anything, right? So my father always used to tell me, you have to serve your way in or you have to pay your way in. So it's either you have the capital to invest and get into these rooms, or you have to serve so that you can be able to be humble so that you can understand what is necessary to be in these rooms. So through service, I was actually able to ask questions. I was actually able to test different methods because the problem that people run into is that they want to get paid, but being paid creates pressure. Because now I have the pressure on me that I have to deliver. But if you're coming in as a volunteer, you don't have that necessary, that that pressure that I have to deliver. So it gives you the flexibility, but also the um, kind of it, it, it recreates your abilities as you're as you're progressing forward. Yeah, let me, that, that's actually a good point. Takes off some of the pressure while you can actually start to learn more and execute on your craft. That's cool. Um, so when you were educating people, right, you said you want to be the best educator. And I know you were at a place where you were kind of trying to get out of the, the apartment, get out of being broke, right? I'm sure you were dealing with like some mental struggles of, man, this is tough. Like, how did you must up the energy? And I guess the positivity as well, just to coach, inspire, develop others when you were going through equally, probably some of the, the difficult things that they may be going through too. I think gratitude, man. Yeah, that's um, cool. I think I have, I think my number one attribute about myself is that I'm grateful for everything, right? I'm, I'm grateful that I, I live where I live now. I'm grateful the business that I've been able to build. I'm grateful for all of these different things. But let me tell you this and anybody that's listening, Service creates a deeper level of gratitude when you're able to serve people that you thought you were at the bottom and people still look at your bottom as their ceiling. I'm going to say that again. Service allows you to, when you think you're at your bottom, people will show you that your bottom is truly their ceiling. So when people were saying like, you know, Mr. King, you've done this or Mr. King, you live where? And then I'm dropping off students that live in a trailer park. 
or I'm dropping off students that have to walk four miles home, or I'm talking to parents that they're 40 and 50 years old and they're unemployed and they're struggling. Mm. And then it puts into perspective, like, wow, who am I to blame my situation? Who am I to complain about my situation when there's other people that are in tougher positions that I am in? So it allows you to be truly grateful. And another thing is just perseverance, man. I think that one of the stories that I always tell, um, you know, somebody asked me, you know, years ago to mentor them. And I asked them back, I said, okay, I want you to wake up at five o'clock in the morning tomorrow and we're going to run 10 miles together. And they were like, okay. I said, well, we're not going to stop because I'm a runner. I ran track in college. We're not going to stop. They said, well, I'm going to need some breaks. I said, okay. I said, let me ask you a question. If I said, you know, you have a child, right? She said, yes. I said, okay. I said, if I told you that your child, your son was held at gunpoint 10 miles from where you are right now and all you had was your feet to get to them, would you think about taking breaks or would you do everything necessary to make it to the finish line? She said, I would make it. I said, that's the point. I said, because your purpose is is rooted in something deeper and bigger than you. Mm. So for me, to be honest with you, Chris, my purpose and my desire to show up for the world is bigger than me. When I learn from those kids and see their struggles, when I saw my son, when I saw my parents and my mom being pregnant at 13 and then being able to rise to be the only black executive with the Fortune 500 company, when I saw that my father, his mom died when he was seven, he never had a father, one of 13, but now they live in a million dollar house in Florida. There's no excuse for me not to be successful. So yes, we go through tough circumstances. We go through tough, you know, challenging breakups and disappointments and heartbreaks, but all of that is just creating the winner inside of you. It's creating the, the warrior inside of you. So there wasn't any stopping for me. It was just a, a moment in time that I needed to humble myself. Yeah. And, and it's so true. The struggles, those things that you go through, they really shape who you are as a person. Uh, and, and I love that you brought up that example of, of the uh, lady that you were coaching, you know, if your son was 10 miles away, because it's so true. It's like, you know, if you had a certain goal and someone had a gun to your head, Hey, if you don't hit it by Friday, you're done. It's like, I'm gonna figure it out no matter what. I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah. So no, that's really cool. You brought up uh, your parents a little bit. I mean, what, what was 18 year old uh, Kyle like? I mean, were you always this driven, this purposeful, this motivated and everything? It's such a, that's such an interesting question. I've never been asked that before. Um, but as I reflect back, I'm appreciative that you asked. So I was always that kid that, so I grew up, um, my parents, so my brother is my father's, my sister's, my mother's. So I was essentially the only child kind of growing up in a sense um, as I grew up. But I was looked at as the one that was um, privileged in a sense. I was provided opportunities that my brother and sister weren't provided because my parents had a different level of resources when they had me. But that applied pressure to me. Like I was the first one to graduate um, and go to college. I was the first college athlete. I was the first entrepreneur of the family, first business owner. Um, you know, all of these different first, 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 first. And it was looked at as I was going to be the one to go become the doctor or the politician or the president. So all of that motivation or resources was positive looking at other kids that didn't have it, but it created pressure and unnecessary baggage on me that wasn't my own. And oftentimes I know there's somebody on here that's listening that the world, society, your parents, your family has created this notion that they've given you so much and it's up to you to save the family. So I felt like I had to be the savior. So I put so much pressure on myself 
And in turn, it created anxiety. It created depression. Um, it created me looking in the mirror, you know, graduating college. And I was making a, you know, a six-figure salary at Johnson & Johnson and not really understanding who I was because what I realized is that my story wasn't my own. So when I got fired from Johnson & Johnson after college and I had 30 days or my parents were going to put me out of their house in Atlanta, Georgia, I wrote my first book. I launched it and I made $20,000 in that 30-day period. Wow. And I tell that story often because that was the first time in my life at like 20 something years old where I actually picked up the pen of my story and started writing my first pages. And I closed the story of who society and who my family wanted me to be. And I actually stepped in who I believe God was calling me to be. Wow. And did you figure, well, did you figure that out through like the getting fired and the stepping in? Yeah, literally. God called you to be? Yeah. So I got fired within eight months of my job. And um, I remember bumping into, it's so crazy, he's a friend now, but David Shans, this was years ago before he became who he is today, um, in the mall. And um, we were just talking about entrepreneurship. And I was like, you know, I have this book. I just literally got fired yesterday. Um, and I was telling him, I have this book that's been sitting, you know, on the drive. He was like, I need you to launch it. And I was like, well, I don't have my network. He said, I want you to launch it without it being done so that it forces you to get it done. And I was like, that's interesting. I pre-sold a thousand copies in 30 days, just reaching back out to the people that supported me on my journey. And I, you know, $20,000 later, there we are. And then you're like, oh man, I got to finish this thing now. Right? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I have to finish it. But it's interesting because we live in a day and age now where we can create something, market it, sell it, and then go build it. Right. So mm -hmm. that, that money coming in gave me the ability to hire an editor, gave me the ability to have somebody format my book, gave me the ability to have a book designer design the book. And then I was able to then start shipping out the books. We had this amazing book launch at his venue. And then I'm able to now step into entrepreneurship. So from there then became, you know, was the books. And then we launched a book series. Then we had a course, then we had master classes, And then all of these different things started happening. Um, and then my life really took off. Yeah. So during that whole process, were you just kind of trusting in, in God, like, hey, this is all going to work out and everything? Yeah, it's interesting, man. When you're when you're going through, when you're at the bottom, you don't have anything else to trust in, right? When you have no money in your account, when you lost your company car, when you lost your company computer, when you don't have a guaranteed check coming in, there's only one place that you can count on. And it's you and God. And, you know, two places, right? You either because, you know, God's going to give you that faith to believe that, all right, something out there is better. But faith without work is dead. So I had to put in the work. I had to do it. I had to commit to it because if I didn't commit to it, I'm still going to be in the same position. So I wanted more out of my life. And I think that's the that's one of the challenges with a lot of people. They, they just don't want it enough. I wanted more. Um, and I believed that I could get it. I deserved it. I felt like I deserved it. It's just a matter of you have to work for it to be able to achieve it. Yeah. Did, did you ever have the mindset? And I, and I now have this, but looking at somebody who is like you in a certain way, character or attribute and being like, you know what, if they achieve this success, I can do it too. I mean, did that mindset help you go through a lot of that and everything or not really? I, interestingly, I always looked at my parents. Um, nice. I think my parents have been a driving force for my motivation because I feel like if they can come from the environment that they've come from and accomplish what they've accomplished, um, then who, who the hell am I to not be able to do that? You know, I'm a college graduate, dual degree. I'm very educated. I've had, you know, parents that have supported me my whole life. Um, I have a certain level of 
resources and privilege that they did not have growing up and they made it out and they made it. So it's like, there would be no excuse for me not to make it. It's kind of one of those things like, what are you doing with your life? I think another driving factor for me is that I never wanted to be the, um, how do I want to put it? Um, like what happened to him story? Mm. Um, I think, you know, because I was so like, you're going to be this, you're going to be this. And oftentimes, you know, I'm an ex-athlete. It's kind of like, hey, whatever happened to so-and-so? And he was maybe a top athlete in high school or a top athlete in middle school. And then he's he or she is not doing anything. I never wanted that stigma. Um, so it, it just continued to drive me. I wanted to become who people thought I was, but I wanted to do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, that's funny you brought that up because like, I'm sure you have countless stories of people that you know, and I know a lot too. And it's like, oh man, it's, it's actually kind of sad to see. It. It's like, they could have done so much. And it's like, man, they kind of missed the mark there. Exactly. Yeah. So um, listen to Ryan's podcast again, and I've listened to a couple other ones that you're on. And the coolest thing I thought that you did, and so many people do the opposite. It's like, oh, I'm owner. I'm a CEO. I'm a founder. It's like they brag about their title, but you were like, no, 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 no. I'm a man of God and I'm a father. I thought that was so cool. So can you uh, kind of elaborate on that? Because I think that's like the polar opposite of what 99% of people do. They're like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. But it's like, nah, man, I'm a man of God and I'm a father. I thought that was really cool. Of course, you know, it's interesting because people ask the question and we introduce ourselves and we introduce ourselves based upon what we do rather than who we are as people, hmm. you know, and often, you know, in conversations, I introduce myself as like, I'm a vessel. Yes, today I may be a business owner. Yes, today I may be an author. Yes, today I may be these professional titles that we've given ourselves to show people our power and our credibility. But tomorrow, if God calls me in a different direction to go be a pastor or to go be an educator or to just go serve and volunteer with people, then I'm going to follow that calling, right? But every single day that I wake up, no matter anything, I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray with my son and I'm mm. going to affirm him every single day before he gets out of the car to go to school. I say, Carter, what's my four words? Attitude, gratitude, respect, and truth. That's it. Because if you have a positive attitude, if you're respectful, if you're grateful and you're honest and you're living your truth, I guarantee you'll be able to make it through any situation. So before anything else, I give credit to God um, or whatever it is that you guys believe in, right? Whoever's listening to this and my son, I'm a father. And I don't believe that we've owned those titles. Like I had an amazing father and I had an amazing mother. And without them partnered with my faith, I would not be the man that oftentimes society looks at as successful because oftentimes as I was growing my career and I sh I'm sure there's someone on here that can relate you're you were you're identified as like you're the CEO of this or you're you're this person's husband or you're this person's wife or you're this but it's like behind the curtain of all of your titles and all of your degrees and all of your so-called accomplishments who are you really like, who are you really? And I want you to really pause this episode and really think about that for a second. Like outside of everything, if everything material was taken away from you today and you weren't able to speak or you weren't able to hear, who would you really want to be identified as? And that's what I live my life by. Because if I'm operating through faithful principles and biblical principles, and I am you know, high integrity, high character, and a loving, devoted, and a kind father, and none of that other stuff really matters to me. Yeah, man. Shout out there to the pause of the listeners. I'm going to say the same thing. Like pause this. If you're driving, like pull over, literally think about this for two seconds. Like who are you outside of those titles? 
and, and really just peel back the onion and spend some time to think about that. Cause clarity, as you'll probably agree, uh, Kyle is extremely important. And when it comes to dictating your success, you got to have that clarity and stuff, right? Exactly. I think, so one thing, and I, I, I don't know if we talked about this at Ryan's mastermind. One thing that leads my life is you have to have your top five, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody listening right now, this may be another pause moment, but I want you to identify a mentor asked me this years ago, Andre Norman. I want to give credit to him. He said, Kyle, what's your top 10? If you could have anything today, what's your top 10? I was like, 10. And he was like, yeah, like if you can have anything in the world right now, your top 10. So it was all, it was a list of all of these like materialistic things. Um, and this is worldly possessions. And then I recreated the list over and over and over again. So now it's gotten to me to my top five. So number one, for anybody listening, is my number one thing, right, is I want to be able, everybody's going to die one day. And I want to be able to be known as the father, as a great husband, as a great father that devoted and loved his family and cared for his family, right? Number two, interestingly, is I want to be able to have a wife one day that I'm proud of, Okay. And that I can sit back in the audience because oftentimes I've been the one on the stage or in the front, but I want to sit back in the audience and watch her rock out a stage. And I want to be able to empower her because I believe the misconception is that men are the tide and women are the ships, but women really are the tide. And as they rise, then they rise us as the ships. Number three is that I want to be able to launch an educational technology, which we're working on right now. Um, that's going to impact 50 million kids across the world um, through some some different platforms that we're working on behind the scenes. Number four is that I want to be able to win a Nobel Peace Prize Peace Prize for my level of global impact. And number five, which again we're working on right now, is our Maryland project. I want to be able to say that I have housed 100 families. And like I told you earlier, um, my father lost his mother when he was seven. Never had a father, right? And with that, I believe that he wasn't given the opportunity to be who he was designed to be, right? Circumstance recreated who he needed to be in life. So I want to open up what's called the Maryland Manor as a young boy's home where young boys that don't have parents who have lost their parents can come here um, to this home and they can live there and they get Ivy League education and we move them into Ivy League educational institutions. And then around there, it's going to be 100 homes, which is the Maryland neighborhood, and it's going to be built out of container homes. And this project is, is actually starting um, next year. So these are five things. And I'm going to say this. If I meet someone and they don't align with the five, then I don't, I don't want it. If mm-hmm. I have a business opportunity that can't get me the five, I don't want it. If I meet a person that doesn't have the integrity or the character for the five, I don't want it. If my son is with me and he needs to be at a certain event, but number three is calling me, I can't do it. I've created my life roadmap because I understand who I am. So the first step is to understand, ask those tough questions like, who am I? And better question, who do I desire to be? And then you can see the gap between who you are and where you want to be. And then the second step is like, all right. If I died today and could have any five things in life, what would they be? And if your number one is mom, then you need to start showing up more for your kids. If your number one is father, you need to start showing up and not for work. If your number two is that level of impact in the community, it's going to take resources. So stop spending your money. If number three is that vision, then stop giving so much time to liquor, alcohol, and drugs or clubbing and go focus on that vision. Because the toughest place to be is when you're in your deathbed. And you meet the person that you were supposed to be. Mm. I don't want to be that person. 
I'm going to be who I see myself becoming and I will commit to it a hundred percent. Yeah, man. Again, we could do a whole other podcast. To start <laughs> all that. That's awesome. I, I'm yeah. laughing too, because like I have a couple bullet points. So I was like, I got to cover this with Kyle. And literally that the, the five thing was like, right. N- my next thing. And then you started bringing it up. I was like, yes, um, man, that's so cool. Cause you put me through that exercise. Actually, it was a very like condensed brief version. We talked for like 10 minutes and, uh, I literally left that conversation. I'm like, man, this is so cool. And that way I think it's nice. Cause you can act in alignment with what you truly value and you're not being pulled right in a hundred thousand different directions. Is that kind of one of the purposes of it as well? Yes. And, you know, for me, I was always pulled everywhere, Chris, like every single where I was always the person to like, because I want to show up for the community, you know, I want to show up for that community. Anybody who's listening audio can't see like my air quotes. I was doing everything. And the problem is that when I would say yes, it was telling my vision. No, when I continue to say yes to everyone, it was saying no to what I actually wanted. So I had to sit and reflect like, okay, what do I want? And I've learned the power of being like, I can't commit to that. How I communicate is not no. It's like, I'm I'm sorry, I don't have the capacity for that. If anything opens up, then I'll reach back out and I'll try to give something, right? Or I'll maybe donate money or it's like, I'll give a speech to somewhere, but I really do not have the time nor the capacity. And even if I do have the time, I am comfortable enough and honest enough with myself that just because I have available time on my calendar, does not make that available to the world anymore. So it took me years to really realize that and own it, but it takes setting boundaries and and around your life so that it could lead your life to where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's so true. Cause I think when you're first starting out, you want to do everything, right? You want to have your hand in everything. You want to say yes to everything, but then it's like, man, you're stretched so thin. And then your faith, family, finance, fitnesses are just going to start to dismantle a bit because you haven't given them any time. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's cool. Along those lines, I saw this LinkedIn post. I think you made it like a week ago. You and uh, your son Carter were at a uh, baseball game and like, man, <laughs> you just look first off, you just looked freaking amped and Carter was like looking so happy, which I thought was the coolest thing. But question around that, and I want you to like talk about that post a little bit for the people listening, but like, you know, you took time off, right? To go to this game. I think you took like a week off, right? You're obviously a business owner, an author, your own podcast, you're speaking. I mean, you got a lot going on, right? So like two parts of that question, can you talk about that post? And then two, can you maybe dive a bit deeper on that whole balance uh, side of things as well? Of course. Um, wow. I'm, I'm, like, thank you for bringing some of these things up. Cause I think so many podcasts are so superficial and only want strategy. So I'm glad that you're bringing these things up that really yeah. matter to people. Um, so last, uh, so two weeks ago, I had the opportunity of taking my son um, to San Diego for spring break. So funny backstory. So I'm a, like a last minute person. Anybody who knows me, I do everything last minute. I'm not a planner. And as, as put together as I seem professionally, I am. But personally, I, it's like it's a mess. Um, and I, I hate that I have the resources sometimes to do things because it costs me in the end. So I was, I told my son that I would take him to Disney two days before his spring break, his first spring break, cause he's in kindergarten. I actually went on Disney's website and looked to buy the tickets. They're sold out the whole month of April. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So I talked to him. He was like, dad, you told me you were going to go to like, we were going to go to Disney. And I was like, all right, 
we're going to figure this out. I promise. So then he goes back to school the next day. It's his last day. So I'm trying to figure out what is going on. Like, where am I going? So I'm on Google, like literally looking up different countries, looking up different places. Like, all right, where is every, all right, Legoland, this, this. So I was like, San Diego would be cool. They have SeaWorld out there. It's the biggest zoo out there. It's super nice. Um, and all these different things. And I was like, he's never been to the West coast with me. So I was like, all right, we're going to do San Diego. It was two days before we were going to leave. So the flights from Charlotte were like a thousand dollars. So then I called my dad. I was like, dad, does this make sense? He said, Kyle, excuse me, my language. He's like, hell no, that doesn't make sense. And I was like, why am I calling him? So I hung up and I booked the flight because I'm like, and this is a message for anyone. Don't ever let your resources stop you from an experience, right? Because this is something that he will remember forever. If you have it, of course, right? So it was an experience for me. So we booked the flight. Then I booked the hotel and then on the plane, I was Googling what we were actually going to do. Gosh. <laughs> so I go get the, you know, we, I buy the zoo tickets. I buy the dinner with the orcas. I buy the, uh, the San Diego Padres, their opening game, like everything that you could possibly do. On the, like you bought that on the flight? Literally on the oh plane while we were going there. Um, so we get there and I, you know, as a dad, you got to look like you got it together. So, you know, we get there. And, you know, fast forward, it was an amazing time. Like it was, it was honestly the best time that I've ever had in 29 years ever oh, wow. because I did not answer an email. I did not answer a text message. I did not uh, join a meeting, join a call. Like I did absolutely nothing work-related or even personally related. I didn't read a book. I didn't listen to a podcast. I literally ate, worked out and spent time with my son and enjoyed that time. When we were at dinner, I turned my phone off. Breakfast, mm. I turned my phone off. I took pictures and it was only focused on taking pictures of him. It was only about him and then just us creating those moments and seeing him smile and seeing him laugh and seeing him have genuine fun, re reinvested, like recreated this feeling in myself that I've never felt. And it was like, this is why I built this business. This is why I work until two o'clock in the morning. This is why I did this. This it, it made sense to everything. And it gave me a spark of life that I couldn't even imagine that was even possible. I didn't even, pre I, I prepared my team before I left. I said, like, look, I'm going out of town. These are the, you know, what our client, this is what's going on. I need y'all to take care of it. And shout out um, to my creative director. She literally took care of everything. Wow. She didn't reach out about anything. And then I came back home. And what I realized is that I didn't miss anything. Money was still flowing. Clients were happy and they actually had the opportunity. It empowered them. It empowered my team to make decisions without me. But the biggest thing is that my son was truly like truly happy. And I was so tired. Oh my God. I was so tired. I think it's more tiring being a dad full time. So shout out to all of the moms and, sing, and, you know, and parents out there that are doing it at home. Um, but I was so tired because it's like I gave my all and I left empty. And I, th I thought I worked hard as a business owner in all these other spaces, but I would prefer just working hard as a parent. So to kind of go to the second point of balance, that's seven days recreate it. We, this is April is our highest revenue month. And I wasn't even here a week. Wow. And I didn't work last week at all. Like it is Tuesday. Like my first day in the office was technically yesterday. So it's the highest revenue month of my entrepreneurial career.
And I haven't worked essentially two weeks out of this month. And I've trusted my team. So anybody on this call that thinks that you have to be there or that you can't take off or all of these different things, there's two perspectives. One, you freaking can and you need to because it's going to charge you back up. It's going to give you another level of energy and focus and intention. And number two, if you can't take off, you don't have a business. Mm -hmm. You don't have a team and you're not a good leader. So there's four things that you need. And I actually made like a a training about this and I did it yesterday. There's four things that you need. Number one is succession. Like if you were not here, you need a succession plan. Like who's the person on your team, in your organization that you you can pass the torch to at any given moment that can run it at a higher level of excellence that you do. Number two is you need SOPs. You need standard operating procedures. You need written documentation on how everything works within your business. Hmm. Number three is you need systems. You need a system in place, an online system and an offline system that can run your business without you being there, that can run your team without you being there. Number four is sales. You have to have a recurring revenue model that it does not require you to always be there to fulfill client needs. And you have to have a selling model and a product ascension model that can run without you, whether that's a membership, a subscription, an affiliate marketing, an online course, a webinar, an upsell, whatever that is, right? Those are the four things that you need. So balance is necessary. Take time off and set up your business or your team accordingly so that you can be able to go back to doing the things that you should have been doing years ago. We don't get more time. We don't get more time. So we have to take it now. Yeah. And I want to unpack that story in two seconds, but just to go over <laughs> that four things, is it, it's a um, person in place, right? To, to kind of handle stuff when you're gone, uh, standard operating procedures, systems, and then sales, right? Kind of reoccurring sales. Okay, cool. Yeah. Just want to make sure that the listeners got got those four because there's a lot of business owners on here. Um, but man, thanks for bringing up that story as well as the whole background. Because I always like, I mean, we've only met a couple of times. I always thought you were like very systematical with your approach of planning. And I'm like, that made me feel so much better that you're like, I literally just sure. this on the plane. So I will um, figure it out. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. And and Carter, dude, he's going to remember that for like the rest of his life. I mean, he's going to be on podcast one day talking about how his dad poured back into him, took him to the baseball game, SeaWorld and all that. So man, shout out for that like power dad move right there for doing that and everything. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I think one of the biggest things within this month is that I was able to go on Shutterfly and create a book just on Carter's spring break, his first spring break. So all of the pictures that we took, like I spent two days literally just putting all the pictures together and creating the story so that I can ship the book out to all his family members. Oh it's, man, It's moments like that. It's moments like that on why I do what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. My mom made me one of those, uh, when I was in college and like, she'd always take random photos of me when they visited and stuff. And I'd always be like, what are you doing in these photos? And then like graduation, she gave me this like Shutterfly book from like freshman year up until graduation with like a super nice note in it. And I'm like, dude, I look at this thing every day. And like, it was basically a, a free, not free you had to pay for the book and all that. But I mean, basically, a you know, pretty low cost gift, but it's like, man, like this gift means the freaking world to me. And it's exactly. so, so cool, man. Um, <clears throat> let me ask you this. You, you talk about your books a little bit, right? Uh, the mission plan series. I know you got three books under that series, right? Of course. What's yes. uh, what's your favorite one under that series and, and why is it your favorite? 
Uh, the first one, hands down. Well, one is the first one. Um, so it's the mission plan, the decision, the discovery, and the destiny, right? And the overall process is obviously in anything in life and any transformation or transition, you have to make a decision because oftentimes, you know, you, you never make the decision. You don't, you don't like, you, you have choices, you have opportunities, but you never decide on one. And then that hurts you from being able to get to number two, the discovery process, the self-discovery process. Once you've mastered the self-discovery process, then you elevate and it qualifies you to get to the destiny when you're aligning all of your steps and you're operating at your higher level sense of yourself in a sense. So definitely the decision, um, because in anybody in life, and when I talk about the book, you know, when I do speeches about it, I ask this question, like, who could you have been if you would have made better decisions? If that one decision didn't happen, it would have probably changed the trajectory of your life. If you would have listened to your parent that one time, if you would have listened to that mentor one time, if you would have listened to that inner gut to not date that person and go through that heartbreak or to not spend that money and lose that money, or to not go into that house that had to get foreclosed on, or that car that had to get uh, you know, um, repossessed because you didn't have the money and you were stunting for the world, but you weren't operating at your higher level sense of yourself, right? We have to make the decision. And if you had a guide through your life that it's like, all right, before you analyze any decision, you go through this process of, all right, check, 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 or go through this KPI of decision-making, then you would be able to better assess relationships, opportunities, revenue, all of these different things, and you'd be able to progress forward. And only then you go through a rediscovery process. Because oftentimes we talk about like, oh, I'm redefining myself, but you don't even know yourself. So you can't redefine something that you don't even understand. Yeah, no, that's such a good point. And, and, you, and that, the, all that is in the decision the first one? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. I like that because I think a lot of times people just make decisions on a whim without really thinking about how it affects themselves in the future or going back to the five things that you mentioned or how it aligns with the five things that, that value most to you. Um, so that's really cool that you brought that up. And I think a lot of times people our age, I mean, you, well, you're 29 or are you 30 yet? 29. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, man, I'm 26. Right? I think a lot of people our age, like, they, they buy things they can't afford to impress people that, that they don't even like. Right. And it's, yeah. it's really sad. And I think like, do you have any advice to break that? Cause I think it is a common kind of struggle, right. To show off a little bit, if, if you, if you don't have it. Right? No, that's, that's the truth. Um, that is a powerful question. And I think I want, I want people to really listen to this. So I grew up in a household where my parents didn't have it at all, but they had this mindset of that because we lived in a house when family came around or friends came around, they wanted to showcase their ability to kind of fit in or that they had it. What happened is that it perpetuated into my life. So when I didn't have it, I wanted to show people that I did have it because I felt inferior inside myself when I did not have it and I wanted to communicate it, right? What happened though in life is that I, I recognized that the people around me, when I communicated that I have it, but when I didn't, when I actually did not have it, those people moved out of my life. But when I started to communicate my truth, the people that are in my life now, I've helped all of them build six and seven figure companies, or they've helped me elevate and build. Because when you're operating from your truth, the world, the universe or God, whomever, it, whatever it is that you believe in, I believe attracts those people to you. I believe that 
oftentimes people are just scared to be themselves, man. It's kind of like we, we, it's like we do it in everything. How you do anything is how you do everything. Like you're lying to your relationship because you know, you're not ready to be in a relationship, but you do just enough to get it. And then you don't treat it well, or all of these different things that we lie, we just lie and lie. And it's all rooted in our own insecurity. It's all rooted in us not living our truth. It's all rooted in us not knowing who we are. And I promise you that you'll get more respect. You'll get more credibility. You'll become that authority. You'll be a better parent. You'll be a better CEO. You'll be a better leader. You'll just be a better freaking person if you just were honest with yourself so that you can be honest with people. And people respect people that are honest so much more and will do so much more for you than people that lie. And for me, I've learned this so, so many times um, that, you know, when I was, you know, trying to like figure out a manipulative way to get through something, it's, it's, it's no forgiving that. But when I tried to really, when I operated in a higher sense of integrity and character, it surprised me that the response that I would give, that I would give. I remember the first time that I told my girlfriend that I was like honest about something and like a situation, it was hilarious. It was a few years ago. And then she was like, Kyle, it's like you're auditioning to tell the truth. And it it was powerful when she said that, Hmm. because oftentimes we audition to tell the truth because lies just flow out so easily. So I want you to, to, whether it's auditioning or you practicing truth telling, what I had to do is like, all right, today, I am not going to tell any lie. If like I am still getting dressed and I'm not on the way, I'm going to say that. If I'm running late, I'm not going to say that I was on another meeting when I just was not, you know, being mindful of time. Yeah. And what happened is I started just being super, super honest in situations. Revenue increase, my relationships mm-hmm. increase. Like it just, everything started to shift around me. When you become a better person, I guarantee you'll run a better business and a better household. So when you become better, the only reason that you don't have the things that you don't, that you desire is because of you. Anybody listening, I don't care all these guru books, you are not where you need to be because it's you, it's your fault. And when we start taking responsibility and working on ourselves internally, that will be able to give us the things that we desire externally. Yeah, man. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I was going to ask you like, if people feel stuck, what can they do? But I think you just kind of took that answer. If it's just, Hey, invest back into yourself and make yourself great. And then your life will become great. Right. I'm going to give somebody activity if that's okay. Is that yeah, okay? Oh, please do. And, and if you're driving out there, I don't want any liabilities. Please. So I want you to pull out a sheet of paper and I want you to draw a line down the middle. I want you to draw a line down the middle. On the left side of this of the paper, I want you to write three names that you know, three names that you know, people that you truly admire, three names that you know of people that you truly admire, okay? And then on the bottom, I want you to write down three people that you don't know, that you truly admire. These could be mythical characters, creatures, movie stars, actors in specific movies, Disney characters. It doesn't matter who these people are, but these people you've never met, you don't know them, okay? These could be anybody, cartoon characters, does not matter who they are. On the right side of that list, on each individual person, I want you to write three characteristics, three characteristics of the reasons why you admire that person. Each person should get three. So obviously six times three is 18 people. All right. So there should be 18 words. Some of them will be the same. So it's, it's okay. When you do that, when you do that, because I don't want to take too much time. When you do that, I want you to fold the paper over 
The funny thing is the names don't matter. Flip it over and only look at the character traits. Now ask yourself, I want you to put a circle next to the things that you identify with. And be honest, this is the first honesty activity. What are the things that you're currently, that you currently are? Okay, circle those things. I want you to put an X next to the things that you aren't. Okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to do a few more things, right? I want you to look at your relationships. Do they meet all of this, all of the characteristics on your list? Woo! They might not. I want you to look at your business partnerships. Do they meet your list? I want you to look at your clients. Do they meet your list? Because that's where your noise is coming from, because they don't. You just wrote down what you value in life. You just wrote down your core values. Mm. But if you don't align your core values with your relationships, with your opportunities, with your partnerships, with your collaborations, that's what's creating noise. The single one piece of advice I would give anybody is after they do that activity, silence the noise and then become the person that you just wrote down. That's where I would start. I'm over here like trying to listen, but also trying to take a note on this. That's that's a cool activity. Um, Let me, so with the three characteristics, if it was, you know, John, Jacob and Matt, right. As like the three names that, you know, can you put the, if I have, you know, three characteristics under Matt, can I do one of the three under John or is it three? Yeah, new? so they can okay. be the same. So let's say it's integrity. He's a hard worker and he's driven. And then Matt has like, all right, he's um, a great father. He's integral and he is this. And this is the thing. This is the thing, Chris, that you'll understand. The more things that come up become what? Those are like non-negotiables. Yeah. So let's say everyone has integrity, but you're meeting somebody and they don't have integrity. Then why are you in relationship with this person? It it creates dissonance in your life. That is why a lot of people don't create the things that they want because their list doesn't align with their life. If your list, your top five, or even this activity don't align with your relationships in your life, the only person that you can blame is yourself, but it takes reflection. When we reflect internally, then we reflect outwardly, then we understand that there's a disconnect. That's when we have the opportunity of recreating what we're connected to. Yeah, man. Oh, that's so cool. And, and so just so I understand, the three characteristics, circle them, and everything goes back to those characteristics, right? Relationships, oh, business, they're essentially your values, every- right? And, and if you're a business owner, I use this all the time with like um, your target audience. So let's say oftentimes we want people that are like us, right? Because it's easier to convert. It's easier to connect. So let's say you go down this list and it's like, all right, I want somebody that's faith driven. I want somebody that's hardworking. I want somebody that, you know, is, is, is all these different things, right? Put that in your messaging statements, like create, you know, we're an integrity focused business that wants to um, support mm. high high quality, hardworking, driven entrepreneurs, like put that in your messaging. I guarantee, and I've done it. When you put it in your messaging, it attracts who exactly you're speaking to. It's like a call to action and it calls them out. And then you drive them to your business. That's cool. And it's way easier to do that. I think than hiring some consultant to come in and write your mission statement. It's like, nah, man, write your mission statement off those things. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's an awesome, solid ender to all the questions I had. And I know people probably got their pen and paper. They're like, all right, man, I'm done listening to this. I need to do this exercise. So let me ask you last question. What exciting stuff do you have going on? I know you alluded to the housing project. You got your books, man. Uh, You're one of the coolest people to connect with. So I want to make sure that you highlight everything that you got going on. 
Of course. I think just three things, right? Just three things. So number one is our Maryland project. We're building an affordable housing community um, that's going to have 75 homes and 75 acres of land. Um, and we're going to be building a community, an affordable housing community, like I said, um, for people like my parents, not like me, because I, I grew up a little differently. Because I want to be able to give back to people that haven't had the opportunity, um, that haven't had the support, that haven't been able to listen to these podcasts, um, that hasn't had the, the education. I want to pass these, this knowledge or this opportunity back to them. Okay. So that's number one. We're working on that now. Um, and it's, it's getting ready to launch very soon um, out here into the world. Number two is that um, the writer's game. Um, I own and operate a high-level publishing company um, that works with high-level executives, entrepreneurs, and experts, and we're helping them write, publish, and market their stories. And the biggest thing about your story is it helps you build your brand, it helps you build your confidence, and ultimately, like myself, it's helped me build a business. So we're helping people grow their lives and their businesses through storytelling. So you can um, go to thewritersgame.com, thewritersgame.com. Um, we're actually in a rebranding period. So the, mm. by this time this drops, the website will be up and active. So I'm excited about that. And the third thing is I want you to like, subscribe, and I want you to share this podcast. Um, and that's what matters because the more that we can get Chris's message out, the more that we can support what he does, um, the more people will be impacted. So it's not necessarily about me. Anybody who listens to this is for them. But I want you to like this. I want you to subscribe to this. Like stop and press subscribe. It literally takes a few seconds. And I want you to share it with three people that you know, because you know somebody needs it. Oftentimes we're so selfish with knowledge and information and strategies. I want you to take time and do something for someone and share them a podcast instead of sharing gossip with them. And I appreciate you, Chris, for having me on. Yeah. Kyle, thank you so much for the plug for Next Level Minds. And again, appreciate you so much for taking the time to sit down with us today. For sure. Well, that's it, guys. Thanks again for taking the time to tune into this week's episode of Next Level Minds. Be sure to connect with Kyle King. His social media links will be in the description of the podcast. And I want to challenge you guys to do the exercise that he walked you through with that pen and that paper a few minutes ago. I just did it, and I promise you, you will get a lot of value out of it. And other than that, hope you all have a great week ahead.